step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning, and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, presenting you knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and helping you, uh, empowering you, our listeners, to knowing and being and impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways to do it. Primary way is by calling uh, 347-237-5230. That's the number to call if you want to get your thoughts live on the air. Other ways you can do it, we are on Blog Talk Radio Live in the chat room. It's open. You can go there and join in the chat room. Moderators there waiting for you also. Um, we can follow us on all our social media, Twitter, at Zero Radio. My personal handle is at Prophesy. We're also on Periscope, and we're we were trying to get the Periscope to work this morning uh, for the broadcast, but didn't have enough. Uh, I don't know what's going on with it. But anyway, follow us on Periscope at Prophesy4. Also, we are on Facebook, um, the Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like that page, and follow up on all the topics that we've been discussing over the years. On our Facebook page, Pastor Lorenzo Neal's Zero Network, you go there and uh like, subscribe to the show on Block Talk Radio. Go to our webpage, LorenzoTNeal.com, and see wonderful, interesting stories, not just the ones I post, but from across the uh, the world wide web. We find them and we repost them, reblog them as, as necessary. Also, uh, we are, where else are we? Wherever we are, we are. <laughs> you can send me an, e- an email if you want to uh, have suggestions for the show or you want to uh Contact me personally at PastorLorenzoDeal at gmail.com. Great show lined up today. We're asking the question about confirmation bias. More specifically, uh, since this is Black History Month, more specifically, is uh, black churches, uh, are we contributing to uh, this confirmation bias and uh, giving us a sense of cognitive dissonance? I know it's a lot. I'm going to try to unpack but, you know, I'm not trying to be deep or anything. It's just something I've been thinking about, and uh, hopefully we can have a great dialogue or have a, a monologue, <laughs> whatever you want to, however it goes. We hope that we'll be able to do it. This is Black History Month, but so we're going to talk a little bit about some things that's going on um, across the country regarding black history. 
uh, particularly some issues I think that uh, uh, need to address uh, this this month of Black History. But let's go to the Lord first in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to uh, do this uh, show. We thank you for everything we have that you allowed us to experience today for new compassions and new mercies. Now let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be found acceptable in your sight and those of our listeners. We pray. Amen. Black History Month, and um, I want to read you a quote from one of the prominent bishops in our uh, and preachers of all time, Bishop Henry McDale Turner, the 12th elected and consecrated bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And uh, in the latter part of the 19th century, he was critical. He was very pivotal in uh, much of the liberation movements for black Americans in the South the North, particularly in the state of Georgia. He's a missionary. He was a church planner. He's a politician, elected as a state senator, first black state senator, one of the first black state senators in Georgia, part of the Georgia Constitutional Party, all kinds of things that you could say about him. Uh, but the most thing people remember about Bishop Henry McNeil Turner is that he said one thing, that all but categorized him as demented. He said, God is the Negro. And listen to what he says. This is from 1898 uh, uh, interview with the Negro Voice of Missions. He writes these words. We have as much right biblically and otherwise to believe that God is a Negro as you bukra or white people have to believe that God is a fine-looking, symmetrical, and ornamented white man. For the bulk of you and all the fool Negroes of the country believe that God is white, skinned, blue-eyed, straight-haired, projecting nose, oppressed-lipped, oppressed-lipped, or compressed-lipped, and finely-robed white gentlemen sitting upon a throne somewhere in the heavens. Every race of people since time began who have attempted to describe their God by words or by paintings or by carvings or by any other form or figure have conveyed the idea that God, that the God who made them and shaped their destinies was symbolized in themselves. And why should not the Negro believe that he resembles as much as other people? We do not believe that there is any hope for a race of people who do not believe that they look like God. Now, those are some very, 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 very powerful, potent words. And it gave me life just reading them as we go into this uh, short month of history of those who are African-American, black, colored, Negro, whatever you want to call yourself. I think for us church folk, we need to take the notion and follow up with the idea that Bishop Henry McNeil Turner presents. And we're going to talk about this is part of the disconnect. This is part of the cognitive dissonance that we experience as black folk. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, we sure need to deal with that because <laughs> the deity that you worship should reflect you in some way. And for most blacks, it does not. And we're going to talk about that a lot, a lot, a lot. But before I jump ahead, get too far ahead of myself, let's go over some, some headlines. First, we want to send commendations and celebrations to Pastor Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans, who is the pastor of the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, in the Oak Cliff area of Dallas. I've been there plenty of times. I had the pleasure of, of, of being, uh, going there and uh, fellowshipping with Dr. Evans and on several occasions. And I tell you, this guy, not only is he a, is he a deep theologian, but he's one of the most humble pastors that I know. And in 40 years of ministry, 48 years of ministry, and 40 years of pastoring in the Oak Cliff area, if you've never been to that church and seen what that church is doing, I'm talking about not just, not, they have literally impacted the entire area of Oak Cliff, the Oak Cliff area. And I'm telling you, I mean, he does, he and his urban ministry, um, 
the early urban alternative that that ministry has done major things in that area and so we celebrate dr evans noted author and scholar uh you know I, i'm not sure if you know you know his son participated in the voice few, uh several seasons ago he had another son who's a professional athlete his daughter most most recently is uh was the star in the movie the war room uh, so you know so he has he he's been doing a, a great thing his wife lois and uh the family there the members there at oak cliff bible fellowship have a wonderful pastor and wonderful ministry going on so we want to celebrate dr uh dr tony evans and the old urban alternative and um Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church there in Dallas, Texas, for the wonderful thing. Forty years of ministry. I hope I get there. I, I'm, I'm about, wait, you know, I'm not that far off. <laughs> I'm not that far off. I got some ways to go, but not that far. And we just thank and praise God for him and others like him. There's another pastor. I can't remember. Um, I was reading on Black Christian News Network. Uh, pastor in the Los Angeles area who's celebrating uh, 48 or 49, 48 years, I believe. I could be mistaken. Uh, but that story is there on Black Christian News Network. So we want to start off with that and um, celebrate Dr. Tony Evans and his uh, his ministry there. While we're celebrating that, uh, I also want to give commendations to Pastor Jamal Bryant, my brother in um, the African Methodist Episcopal Church Ministry, who is leading the charge along with many, many other pastors and clergy in the Flint, Michigan, and uh, Michigan area. You know, the crisis in, Mich- in, in Flint, and there was another one, and actually reflects another story in um in a small town in Texas, uh, I can't think of the name of it. I think it's Strangewood or something like that, right outside Dex, uh, Dallas, Texas. They had a similar incident. But nobody nobody came to the rescue for that group. But here, uh, this time, not only the people coming together and voicing their oppression, but now you have church, uh, we have church leaders, uh, young and old, rising to the not just church leaders, everybody. Even people from the black uh, black non-believers of Detroit under leadership of uh, uh, Bridget Kirchfield, uh, uh, they raised more than uh, they raised quite a bit of money to send bottles. So I want to send that open acknowledgement to her and others across the country because this is not just a religious issue. This is an issue of oppression. You have a leadership in the city and in the state that allow uh, its citizens to be poisoned, knowing that they was being poisoned and did nothing to it to uh, to counteract it. That's a very that's a very scary thought. Very, very scary thought. And uh, contrast that to the <laughs> the World Health Agency or whatever saying that the Zika virus is now a a, a threat. You know, you know, you you put things like this in perspective, and when you put things like this in perspective, you realize that people of color, people of color, don't matter much. And it, I know people don't want to hear that, especially in this day and age where color is not supposed to matter. You know, we still we're seeing a lot of it does matter. As a matter of fact. This has nothing to do. I know Super Bowl is on Sunday, and I don't know who you're rooting for. I'm I personally not rooting for anybody. It's good to see uh, the two teams there. But I, I, I was I was reading some of the comments about Cam Newton. You know, I, I have a great deal of respect for Cam Newton. I understand his history. I understand, uh, you know, his background and everything like that. But, you know, he's a preacher's kid. <laughs> His father is a bishop. His father is a pastor. And, you know, I, I guess because he is a preacher's kid, we understand that, that 
that incitement and enthusiasm. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not, you know, he's not Doug Williams. He's not any of those guys who have won previous Super Bowls as as quarterbacks. He's not though. He's not those guys, and he's not trying to be those guys. He is himself, and his fashion is a bit strange. But when it comes to being a leader on that field, he he is himself, and. You can't ask for anything better than that. Apparently, I had muted my – got so excited. But anyway, when it comes to him being a leader on the field, you can't ask for anything other than him to do what he is getting paid to do, and that is to win football games. But when you come across uh, some of the comments that some white people are saying about him, calling him a nigger, calling him thug, all because he celebrates, mostly because he celebrates. Had this, you remember the story of this white woman who wrote a letter, a, a opinion letter, saying that how, because of his celebrations, uh, uh, because of the way he celebrates, she feels it's very offensive to her daughter or something like that. But then you contrast that with Aaron Rodgers and who, you know, <laughs> the thrust, you know, he, he kind of do, he does pelvic thrusts. Uh, uh, what is it called? I can't. I don't remember. But I know he got a, he got a deal. Uh, was it, is it State Farm, Allstate, or one of those uh, one of those insurance agencies that he got to deal with? And you know they mimic his pelvic thrust, but his pelvic thrust is an offensive to Cam or whatever they call it. Anyway, I mean it was just horrible. I said all this to say that. Um, that we are being oppressed and we we need to rise up and we need to stand up. And I'm proud. I hate that this incident has caused us to have to react this way. But the reality is, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, you know, we're, we're going into more detail. But the reality is we have, for the last 34 years, we have done a great disservice to our people. You know, even though we've gotten greater recognition this month and and we got a lot going on this month as people are recognizing uh, our history. But the reality is there's still so much, so much more that needs to be said, so much more that needs to be done. And we need to step it up. We really do. We really need to step it up. Um. So... And while I'm talking about I'm talking about Black History, uh, I I called across came across this meme, and I thought it was interesting, and the meme read, um, "To distract you from February being Black History Month, you have first the Super Bowl, the first week of February is the Super Bowl, the second week of February is the Grammys, the third week of February is a uh, Another event, and the fourth week of February is the Oscars. Plenty of entertainment to distract us. So there's always something to take away from real black history as far as entertainment. We distract it. And then, of course, you know, in black history, they're only not, they're only going to emphasize the ones that, the polished ones. You know, I'm so proud of the brother who's, uh, produced the movie uh, Birth of a Nation and took that movie from Cecil uh, DeMille, his racist picture at the beginning of the century, the 20th century, and that highlighted the Ku Klux Klan. And he's taking that same title and he's telling the story of Nat Turner and the slave revolt. And um, I mean, that brother was bold. And then to have it featured at the Sundance Film Festival and sold for, I think it was $17.5 million, the largest sale at that festival. That says a lot. That's the kind of stuff we should be highlighting. But that's not the kind of stuff that people want us to highlight. They want us to highlight the docile moments of black history. Highlight Dr. King's speech. Highlight refusal to sit. Highlight all that stuff. Highlight the, the good people we like, you know, the ones who invite the, the inventors, Charles Drew, and that's good. That's great. 
But in this moment, I think we need to be revolutionary. I think we really, really, really need to be revolutionary. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a preacher. I, I'm just a preacher, and what I say, really, I guess it should, I should just stay in my lane, whatever my lane is. My lane is all over. But why am I, boy, I'm awesome today. I am awesome. Let me, let me get myself together, and we'll get into this topic of the day, confirmation, dealing with confirmation bias and cognitive history in black history, black preaching, black life. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're going to deal with. And I want you to join the ride. So call 347-237-5230. I'm online now. I'm live now. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up. I want to hear from you. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. I want you to join the conference, the conversation, the dialogue. And, and I, I, I'm going to have fun with it. I've been having fun already. So it is what it is. So take a quick break. We'll come back, get ourselves a little bit together, and get into what we're going to get into. Because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Talk to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, da, bum, 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 bum. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flowbot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flowbot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh, Flowbot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. Every family has a breach somewhere in history. Things nobody wants to discuss, or in some cases wants to repair. There is a story in Genesis that has the making of a reality television show. It's the story of a grieving father, the sepal mother, twin boy, who managed to get ahead in life by getting over on his own brother. The story is found in The Breach in the Family by Pastor Lorenzo Neal. It takes on the story of Judah and Tamar and the dysfunctional families that are part of the fabric of the faith of millions. You need to get your copy today of A Breach in the Family by going to Amazon or on Kindle and get it by Pastor Lorenzo Neal, A Breach in the Family. You're going to love this book. I know because I wrote it. Order your copy today, A Breach in the Family, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, Kindle, Amazon, or go to LorenzoNeal.com. And order from there. Be blessed. At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. Hey, what are you doing today? I'm backing up the computer. Photos, work files, you name it. Lovely. See you in a few hours. get everything backed up? Took care of it. For just $59.99 a year, Carbonite backs up your irreplaceable files automatically so you don't have to. Try it for free at Carbonite.com. We're glad that you chose to join us 
this afternoon, this morning, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are, welcome. We're excited about you. Listen, we want to make sure uh, that you uh, know that we are always have archived shows available. You can go to iTunes and the iTunes store and download a copy uh, broadcast. Uh, you can also go to Facebook and Zero Network and you'll see the links to the show, archive shows, or go to my website, LorenzoTNeal.com, and you'll also find links there. Plenty of plays, plenty of ways, and also, always we invite you to share and listen. And, uh, you know, we invite you to ideas. Again, the chat room is open. Go to the chat room, share some of your thoughts. Black history, uh, some of your black history heroes. You know, I'm one of those. I don't wait to uh, February to preach about black history. Or, you know, I, I don't use I don't use February alone to talk about black issues. I do it throughout the year because, you know, I understand the value of my people. I understand that uh, we weren't just here, we ain't been here just for a month, and there is no way one month could really say everything that we do or have done or will do. And so I take this time to celebrate. uh, I, I take the entire, I'm black 365, so why not celebrate 365? And, uh, if you're a business owner, I'd love to have you uh, be able to share with you and celebrate with you uh, your business. But anyway, let's get into this topic of the day. I um, I, I was talking about I was talking with a uh, another preacher not long ago, and of course when we, when preachers get together, we're always talking, but we always come up with sermons <laughs> in our in our discussions. But one of the things that bothered me was the fact that this particular preacher did not want to expand his thought process. He was he was content with what he already knew. And you know, that's fine. That's fine. I we are in the business of preaching stuff that people already know. Uh that's why we don't have a lot of converts. We have a lot of folk joining church, but we don't have a lot of converts because we're preaching to the choir, basically. We're regurgitating stuff people already know. Cognitive, that's what confirmation bias is. Confirmation bias is basically is basically just uh, telling, uh, retelling what you already know. You know, confirming what you already know. Yeah. Um, so we already know if we're in the church, we already know that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, being born of a virgin. If we follow the Nicene and Apostles' Creed, born of the Virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, buried, rose on the first day. We know that. We know that. We know that we have forgiveness of sins and we believe in life everlasting. That's what we we know. Or what we believe to know. And there's nothing wrong with that. We are to proclaim that. Every opportunity we get, as often as we assemble, we should reinforce that belief, okay, in a good way. Not in a disenfranchising way, but in a good way. So everyone everyone participates in confirmation bias all the time. Because when it comes to the Saints football team, don't tell me we're not the best football team, even though we haven't won a Super Bowl and this season was horrible. But I still stick by the same. <laughs> I know that has nothing to do, but I'm just hating on the Panthers and the and the Chargers right now. I'm I'm just hating, okay? I'm just hating. But there's some things that uh we have reinforced using confirmation bias during this month of black history and all throughout churches, you know, pastors do it. And sometimes they do it without being aware that they are doing, that they are reinforcing negative thoughts, negative behaviors, and negative perceptions. And they're doing it because, I mean, again, it's confirming what they're used to. People like being in bondage when they know, when they don't know they're in bondage. 
Harriet Tubman is famous for saying that it's true that she freed a thousand slaves, but she could have freed thousands more if they only knew that they were slaves. And I, I, I'm beginning to believe now more than ever and that most of what we have reinforced regarding our people and our history has been only confirmation bias from what we've been told from those who gave us our history. And I'm not talking about black folk. We don't have the griots that we used to have. We don't have the mothers and the fathers retelling the story of, of the of family. You know, we don't have that anymore. We have a great disconnect right now. And the great disconnect is also we're seeing it not just in family, but we're also seeing it politically, educationally, and definitely in the church. And yet we continue to reinforce this idea of uh, of a of, I'm not trying to let let me let me preface this. We reinforce this idea God will make a way somehow when the way has already been provided. We reinforce this idea that the white man is going to you know do better by us. If we just come up to the white standards, you know, in the church we do it. We take it to an extreme, and it's a sad thing because we negate the empowerment of our own people by doing that. All right, let me go back to the statement I read earlier from uh, Bishop Henry McNeil Turner when he when he said. When he said that the people who the people who do not believe that they look like that God, that there is really no hope for them, it's a very powerful thing because uh, think about all the churches that you go to. They'll have a picture of their pastor. They'll have uh, former pastors or current pastor. And then they'll have a picture of a Eurocentric-looking Jesus. They'll have a picture of the Lord's Supper painted by Leonardo da Vinci that is so far inaccurate. But that's in their church sanctuaries or in their fellowship halls or, you know. So this is the imagery that they get, children get. You got vacation Bible schools. Reinforcing this idea, you know, you got you got this imagery of a Jesus and the apostles as being white folk, and because of that imagery, just being in the church, it's reinforcing a negative confirmation bias about us as believers. We ain't ever gonna be good enough to be in heaven because we ain't pure enough. And we're going to always be heaping upon ourselves more legalistic, uh, systemic legalism to be pure enough to be right with God. We're always going to be making ourselves and degrading ourselves to the point of of saying, well, you know, we're going to beat us up more than the white folk will because we don't. It's been ingrained on us. We ain't pure enough. Be reinforced through this confirmation bias, this image, this imagined Jesus, this imagined God, the God that Michelangelo painted on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel is the God that we pictured. This is the kind of confirmation bias that I'm talking about. The God where, you know, he's sticking his finger down and man is reaching up, and this is the idea of the creation, and God is gray-haired and gray-beard and white. That's the kind of stuff that we have to address, because if we don't address it, we are going to reinforce it 
and that's going to create the cognitive dissonance, which is so many people experience. It, that is what is creating cognitive difference, dissonance. And, and then let's look at it from this perspective. We go to church Sunday after Sunday. We hear preachers talk about things that at one time black preachers didn't talk about. Yeah, we need to know how to be happy. Yeah, we need to know uh, how to have healthy relationships. Yeah, we need to know all that. But, you know, black preachers didn't preach that. Not that we didn't need to know it, and not that it hasn't been helping and, and empowering in some ways, but you know what? You know where we got that from? A black preacher didn't come up with, you need to have a healthy family. No, white folks did. We latched on to it, and we made it our own. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I came across this this guy. Uh, let me let me hold on. Let me let me, let me go back. I did a paper some time ago uh, as the Southern Baptist Church was recruiting churches to come in and be a part of their uh, their Baptist Association, and it was allowing them to have dual alignment, dual alignment with the National Baptist, Progressive Baptist, or whatever other Baptists they were affiliated with, Black, as well as be members of the Southern Baptist or the American Baptist uh, fellowships. Uh, associations. And one of the things I addressed in that paper was the fact that you could have a white pastor with a full multi-ethnic congregation, multicultural, diverse congregation with a white pastor, but it's very difficult to find a black pastor with the same. Observe carefully at the mega churches, they are just as segregated as they are as they appear to be, because while you will have pockets of other ethnic groups, the majority are going to be predominantly whatever the pastor is. So if the pastor is predominantly, if the pastor is white, uh, nine times out of ten, their congregation is going to be predominantly white, and you'll have sprinkles of color. If the pastor is black, nine times out of ten, the congregation is going to be predominantly black, and you have sprinkles of white, or vanilla, or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? But it's very rare, very, very, very rare to find a black church, I mean a white church, predominantly white church pastored by a black person. Very rare. There's a country, there's a church in Ukraine that I came across, and the pastor, I believe, is Nigerian-born, but pastors in Ukraine, and his church is predominantly predominantly white, but that's not in America. Here in America, it's almost different. And if you also paid attention, I remember back in the 90s when you had churches like the Harvester Church, uh, Earl Park's Church in, uh, in the Atlanta area. Uh, what else? Uh, there was a church in, in, in Colorado, Denver, Colorado, I believe. Uh, it's now the Potter's House Church, but it used to be uh, gosh, can't think of the guy's name. But anyway, uh, you had these churches that had predominantly white pastors, and they had booming. I mean, some of the best choirs out there. Think about the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. You know, yeah, let's stretch a bit. Let me let me stop it. My my point, my my point in all of that is that we have been. We have taken confirmation bias to a whole new level of of, of, of deceitfulness, I guess you could say. Tragedy. As a caller, let me pitch you in. 314, you're on the air. Well, don't it say in your Bible that only you have I known above all the other people of the earth? Doesn't it also say, and I'm not a believer, by the way. Doesn't it also say that who you should marry, do not give your daughters unto their sons or your sons unto their daughters. 
Now, it's, it's just as clean as I was to give you directions how to get to Burger King. Go down west to the first stoplight, make a right turn, go down two blocks, make a left, you there. But people would take that and they would use their cognitive dissonance to say, well, that ain't what that say. Another point. We talk about history. Let's talk about the entire history of humankind. Because in the history of humankind, man had humankind, ethnic groups had their own gods that they created. You're right. They had their own religion based off of their cultural traditions, habits, rules, and regulations. But we dismissed that. Somebody, as time went on, came along with power, the ability to effect will out of another a weaker people, and thus you have what you have today. And it's not entirely around the world, but you get the general idea. So you mentioned about the black preachers. You know, people let whoever they want entertain them, and they got a right to do it. In the United States, you got a right to do those things. Like you got a right to marry same sex. You got a right to marry in California your pet. That's this country. Other countries, they don't, I mean, that ain't cool with them. So, humankind is what humankind is. Human behavior is what human behavior is. What's right here is not right over there. That's why right and wrong is subjective. Cognitive dissonance exists in right and wrong. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I I, I hear several things in in your your comment that I I, I want to address. Uh, and I know it's when you were talking about scriptures. I, I know the general scriptures you were speaking of, um, and those are Old Testament scriptures. Kind of difficult when you talk about uh, application to New Testament, but in a very similar sense, you know, the idea of of gods being individualized nations is, is very much prominent prominent in the Old Testament because the, when the first commandment, you know, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. I mean, not I mean. I should not have any gods before me. Well, the whole point of that that of that commandment was to recognize that those who are ascribed to Yahweh as God, that He was the only God, the one true God, and that's what you see throughout Scripture. And that other gods were below Him. He acknowledged the fact that other cultures had other gods, but He was to He was to have those who believed in Him to consider Him as the one. High God, the one true God, uh, and when I when I look at it culturally uh, today, even in the 21st century, the uh, subjectivity of it is the same. When we're talking about a cognitive dissonance, and I go back to you know the black church experience, if you if you see a white Jesus in your church, and you're supposed to be worshiping or praising or all of that, a white Jesus. That's going to create that cognitive dissonance because you can't see yourself as pure enough. You won't see yourself as pure enough. And that comes, when I say it comes about as legalist, think about how I don't, you say you're, you're an unbeliever, but I don't know if you've ever been in church or not. But sometimes the church folk are the, the most hateful on their own because they raise standards that are so out of, you know, out of reach. And it's just, it's impossible impossible to reach, possible to uh, attain, and then... Yeah, I want to... Don't mute me because I want to apply comment on what you made. Okay, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead, comment. Appreciate well, it. you know, you mentioned about the Old Testament. Now, let me ask you this question. I want you to think real good. The people that wrote what we call the Old Testament, they didn't call it old. It was Christians nope. who came along later and called it old, Right? Right. How could you write something in the beginning and call it old? Old to what? That's all it is for you. So when people say, well, that was in the Old Testament, they, in fact, are 
for a simple word, acting silly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize, I mean, just think about it. I mean, if me and you can really be honest, this is really, it, it, it's, it, it's a mess. But it's all right. People are allowed to have their own mess. You know, there's a, a group of people, there's a group that was recently discovered, you know, within the last decade or so, off an island, on an island off of India. They call it the Yarara on the Adaman Islands. Biologists say that they have the oldest gene pool on Earth. It's unadulterated. You know what I mean when I say it's unadulterated. They have mixed. They didn't know what chicken pops was. They didn't know what the flu was. They don't have the concept that the world has, either following Islam, Judaism, or Christianity. They don't have that concept. They don't have a concept of no Adam and Eve story, which you can poke these holes all through. So how can someone say that something is wrong with them? Missionaries didn't work their way into Africa until around the time of Martin, Stanley, and Livingston. Right, that was right. in the 1800s. That was well after the slave trade. So... It is known that when you are conquered, it's several things that the conqueror make you do. One, you salute to their flag. Mm-hmm. Two, your leader has to kiss the hand or the ring of the other conqueror. And three, you take on their deity. Those three right. things, and there's probably more that a, uh, a victim has to do with their conqueror. And you know, blacks in this country that was product of the transatlantic slave trade, uh, they fall into those places. I hear people say that blacks still are under the influence of slavery. They say that eating chitlins and and uh, collard greens and can that ain't no slave food. They had pigs and hogs in Africa before slaves was indulged in the slave trade. So you mean to tell them they right. didn't eat high right. on the hog and low on the hog too? So that's what you call southern cooking is what it is. So it's a lot of things that people say, and it gets to the point where you, those in the know can laugh at it, but those who's not in the know, they take it as a quote-unquote as being the gospel. It's just human nature, Right. Right, but you know, you know, you bring up an interesting point. Um, I, the more I study, the more I realize a, a divine connect—well, not necessarily divine, but a, a just a universal ancestral connection. Because uh, most of what uh, we see happening in contemporary uh, history now, you know, trends—better word for it—most of the trends that we see happening now are are basically circulate, recirculated from a, a generation ago. And I believe that connective that that connected history is is what keeps us connected, is what keeps us uh you know kinda uh, it's part of that disconnect, that cognitive dissonance because we understand where we come from, we understand who we are, but we're being almost forced primary primarily through religion. Primarily through religion, we're being forced to concede to what they say we should be, instead of reconnecting to generations of uh, and generations of our ancestors' heritage, knowledge, and spirit. If that makes any sense to you, but uh, you bring up a great. Oh, point. sure, it does. It does. You, you're absolutely right. Because think about this: you ever you ever seen the experiment where one person whispering to another person's ear and tell them something, they turn around whispering, and by the time it come all the way around, the story is all messed up. Exactly. But as but as you go back around the opposite way, and the closer and closer and closer you get to the person who originated the story, the closer is more closer to what it should be. Well, that's the same thing with going back in history. If you're talking about the beginning of humankind, would not the people back in ancient times know more about the beginning than people in twenty one in twenty sixteen? Right, right. <laughs> so you, but people, ancient history is dismissed. 
people go back far enough to a period in time that matched their cognitive dissonance today. And that's where they feel comfortable. You bring my point up, especially about the confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance. Uh, when I talk about black, when I'm dealing with black history, you have to remember uh, we've been relegated only a few decades of our history to regurgitate, to retell. We don't have the gift of the brios to go back and tell us the centuries old uh, stories. We don't have that. Uh, I know that, you know, I, I give great uh, applause to Smithsonian Institute uh, for recording the slave narratives of those who were former slaves and those on uh, some records, some albums from the. You ever read those? I've read some and I've, I've listened to a few that have been released and were available to the public. It's my goal to go and listen to a lot more of them. But Did you know but, some of those people said they didn't want to have nothing to do with this thing called freedom? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Because uh, they were comfortable the way they were. Matter of fact, that's, uh, I mentioned that Harriet Tubman uh, quote. Uh, and the, I believe that's how it is right now for black church people. Black church folk, and I'm saying this from a pastor's perspective. I pastor folk. I've been in pastoral ministry over two decades, and they are so comfortable with their confirmation bias being regurgitated, being retold all the things over and over. They don't want to be stretched. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want the preachers to challenge them. Just tell me what I already know, and we'll pay you a good salary. And it's killing us. It's destroying us. Because it's not empowering us. We 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 we've been you know we're being forced to stay in our place, to stay in our lane. And the few people who do break out, you know, we we are sent to attack them. The white folks don't attack them. The white <laughs> folks send us. You're right. Well, you know, if you look at the other other ethnic religions, Judaism, the in Judaism, they will build business people. You can go to, what do they call it in Judaism? What do they call it there? The synagogue. You can go to the synagogue. The synagogue will back you three times on your adventures. You got three times to fail. In Islam today, Arabs and anybody that follow that, have a group where they fund others to start businesses. They walk around a big old drum or a tub, they throw money in it, and after a period of time, one person says, look, you take this money and go down there and such and such and such and rehab that building and turn it into a cash-generating business. And you're required to pay back what you took out. Or should I say pay back what you was given to you? And you're also required to continue to participate in the ritual, as you want to call it that. But and you know what? Blacks did the same thing too at one point in time because you had a church down there in Meridian, Mississippi, and it was a couple of them that I had studied, where they'd done it too. I think the guy's name and if you hang on here a second. I have it written down. Let's see. The church was Luke Edwards in Meridian, Mississippi, where 96% of his congregation was on welfare. And after a period of time, he done like what you just got you saying about the empowerment. The members purchased a supermarket, 4,000-acre farm with tractors and hundreds of cattle, meat processing plant, bakeries, restaurants, and auto repair shops. Within a period of time, those people were no welfare no more. Now, that was the church doing what it's supposed to do. Would you agree? Yeah, and I'm going to have to check into that because uh, I'm always in Meridian, Mississippi. And I, this is my first time hearing of that story. So I'll follow up with that. But uh, that's a wonderful thing. And uh, I, it, it's still operating with certain blacks, uh, those who come from uh, countries in Africa. Uh, for example, I have relatives who from Nigeria, from Cameroon, and uh, Ghana. And My areas. wife has got in. When they come to the states, when they come to the states, and if they 
uh, uh, appropriate wealth of any kind. They they help their, their kindred. Matter of fact, they're all cousins. They're all relatives. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they're, what different village they're from. Uh, for for example, my family, Cameroon. You know, every time someone has any kind of celebration, they will come from crisscross from all across the country to celebrate to help fund businesses. And, you know, they have that sense that blacks here in the States have lost. We don't do that. We don't even support, you know, we'll support the liquor store. <laughs> and uh, Well, that's something our... that's got to be taught. That has yeah, to be exactly. taught. You lost exactly. that. I was reading an article not long ago, and it's uh, the article basically said that churches are now becoming territorial. And they're defending their own territory, and basically their support their own. You know, their own members, their own programs. You know, Baptists will go to Baptists, Methodists will go to Methodists, and they don't integrate. Yeah. And empower as far as you know, you have you have dozens of churches within a five block area, and neither one of them worshipped with each other outside of a crisis event. They don't. It's very, it's sad, but that's the kind of, again, that's the kind of confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance, negative positive dissonance. Negative and actually, having all those concentrated churches like they really do the black community wrong because guess what? Those buildings are not paying taxes that would otherwise go to the school exactly. system. Exactly, exactly. You're exactly right. But that is what it is. Look, I'm I'm running out of time. I appreciate your call, man. I thank you. Uh, you know, if life. you get chance, you get chance. Look up Reverend Leon Sullivan of Philadelphia. Oh, I I where I, he, knew him. I I had the opportunity it, to meet him before he passed away. Yeah, he had that Opportunities Industrial oh, Centers I, of America. He he was in 160 my, cities. We had one in my neighborhood growing up, and that's how I got to meet him. There uh, you go. So, so yeah, you keep I'm on very, doing the work you're doing and talking the way it is. And, uh, you know, you can only do what you can do. We'll try to do that well. I appreciate it. Thank you, my brother. Make Thank sure you. you like the show and follow up. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those other places. Appreciate it. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, those are the kind of things that I appreciate uh, when I have calls like that, the dialogue and things like that. Uh, again, this show is all about empowering and liberating. And that's what we're here for. And it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt to be that way. <laughs> doesn't hurt at all. But listen, I'm running out of time. I really appreciate all you guys who have been supporting the show. And again, uh, there's plenty of ways that you can support the show. You follow us on Facebook. You can follow us. Uh, go to Block Talk Radio slash Zero today. Subscribe and follow the show. Also, uh, follow us on all our social media. And uh, everything else. Listen, also, if you have not gotten a copy of my book, A Breach in the Family, go get your copy. I'm telling you, uh, I'm not just saying that because I wrote it and I need to sell it, but I wrote it and I need to sell it. So go get your copy. It's available on Amazon uh, for $16. Uh, it's also available as an ebook on Kindle, so you can get it there. Or you go to the website, LorenzoTNeal.com, and you can see it there. We'll be offering so many more other things to come. Well, we appreciate it. We got to get out of here. Um, yep, that's our sign to get out of here. Uh, this weekend, if you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area, uh, on behalf of my good friend uh, Bishop uh, Lionel Trailer and his Epicenter Church, they will be hosting Prophet Brian Carn. He will be in the Jackson Metro area on Friday, Friday uh, February 5th, and Saturday, February 6th. I, I'm not. Like I said, you know, this is great about if you have a chance to come out and uh, share with that. Also, uh, the New Bethel Amy Church will be having our men's day. You're invited if you're in the Jackson Metro area. But anyway, we're just glad to be able to share those things. So until next week, next time, another great show, another great opportunity. This is Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we are getting out of here. God bless you. God keep you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.